can we? Yes, this is great for me, thank you. Uh, hi, I'm Nick Allier. I'm a producer for the Shorty Awards. Thank you for all being here today. I would like to applaud all of you for being here. Yes. It's great for me. Um, well, welcome. This is our second event here with Pepsi, and I want to thank everyone at PepsiCo for being so wonderful through this and for welcoming us to their gorgeous space. Um, we love being here. It's been great. Oh, yeah. Me and... <laughs> uh, so, welcome. Uh, how many people here are familiar with the Shorty Awards? Wow, okay, that was a lot more than I was expecting. <laughs> a little bit about us. We just closed out our ninth annual Shorty Awards in April. Uh, we're heading into Shorty 10 right now, and we're also midway through entries for the second annual Shorty Social Good Awards, which honors corporate social responsibility and those doing good on social media and beyond. The entries are open now if you're interested. Um, and we started this event as a way to highlight our creators. So people would come to the Shorty Awards and they would watch all of these people win and they wouldn't necessarily know who they are because like Brad Pitt, like we know who Brad Pitt is, but you know, the best Instagrammer of the year, you don't necessarily, not everyone in the audience knows who they are. So we started Shorty Stories as a way for those creators to take the stage and tell their story, how they got there, everything they went through along the way, and how they became Shorty Award nominees or winners or just a part of the Shorty family in general. Um, and we found that it's been wonderful. I mean, in general, people love to talk about themselves. <laughs> and they love to listen to people talk about themselves, human interest, right? That's why we're here. Um, and the beauty of that also is that tonight, our speaker is no exception. So let's all welcome Celia to the stage. What's up? Hi, guys. Wow. So a lot of people, um, that one story with the milk, like a lot of people saw that. And one particular guy, um, one time I was in Austin, and uh, you know, that theme song was Leah Snaps, Leah Signs. Well, um, some guy, I was in Austin, and then some guy from across the street, it was super crowded at night, and one guy just starts screaming it from across the street, <laughs> like recognizing me. And that was like the most flattering compliment I've ever had in my life. So <laughs> that um, is a story of the most flattering compliment in my life. Okay. so. Um, um, <clears throat> so, hi, I'm Celia. I do science education on Snapchat, and I figured we could start this off by maybe teaching you guys something new. So, I flew here from Los Angeles uh, in a plane, and I found out that a lot of people don't really know where the fuel is kept. Where's the gas tank on an airplane, right? I was kind of hoping for a whiteboard, but we don't have one, so I'm going to use my body as art here. So, um, okay, guys, um, pretend I'm an airplane. Just really use your imagination here. Pretend I'm an airplane. This is like the, the cockpit where like the, the pilots like are, my arms are the wings and my like, I don't know, um, my legs are like the back of the airplane. And I just wanna do like a show of hands. Do you, where do you think the gas tank on an airplane is? Is it in my head at the front of the airplane? Is it here in the wings? Okay, okay, is it in the, but, or is it in the back? Some people. So it seems like majority of people think it's either the wings or the or, or the back of the airplane, right? So the gas tank is actually inside the wings. They keep fuel inside the wings because it's really close to the jet engines, and uh, that's actually I think the only reason why they do it. <laughs> so. 
Uh, and now you learn something new. Uh, and I think that is really cool. That's the really cool thing about sharing knowledge is that, or teaching, is when you walk in, you don't know most, a lot of you, some of you, most of you actually didn't know, where the gas tank on an airplane is, but now you can walk out reassured that it is in fact in the wings. All right. So. For some of you who might not know what I do, I do science education on Snapchat. I was formerly employed as an engineer, but in my spare time, I would create doodles, stories on Instagram and Snapchat and make content. And a lot of people would ask me, so what, like, how do you do it? How do you maintain a nine to five and like make social media content? And usually I would just lie and say, oh, I don't sleep or uh, I stick my nose to the grinding stone. And the truth is one, I love sleep. And two, I don't own a grinding stone. So that's, <laughs> so I ultimately, I knew I had to choose one or the other. I couldn't keep doing both. And very luckily for me in April, my job made the decision for me and now I make Snapchat content full time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I do Snap Science on Snapchat, um, and now I moved to Instagram as well. And I've always enjoyed lecturing at people, so I figured I figure it was a very natural progression for me. And I also do a lot of DIY things, as you saw in the video. I like to make my own experiments. I make my own Rube Goldberg machines. I make my own costumes. Anybody else here cosplay at all, or just me? Okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> so. Yeah, in fact, I actually made a costume for Mike Placco's remake of Stranger Things. You know, anybody here watch Stranger Things? Yes, awesome. I made a really cool Demogorgon costume for his remake, and yeah, Chris is nodding because he knows how cool it was. <laughs> Got to witness that in real life. But so I like to make my own things. In a way, I've kind of DIY'd my entire social media career, and so we're gonna talk about that today. Oh, more about myself. I was a <laughs> I was a Shorty Award nominee and loser, <laughs> losing. To DJ Khaled, uh, darn, darn doodle. But some really amazing things came out of that. For one thing, I met so many awesome people like Nick, and I wrote in here that I would like point at random people that I met at the Shorty Awards, but the problem is I forget people's name really quickly, but I met a lot of you at the Shorty Awards. It was super awesome. And I also got to meet Bill Nye, like my idol. It was super awesome. I went to Bill Nye, I was like, you're my inspiration, you're amazing, and can I take a selfie with you? And he was like, yeah, hurry up. So it was a really awesome experience, and I got to, and I got to impress my friends and family with that too, and speaking of my family, Family, the mo I think the most like valuable thing that I gleaned from the Shorty Awards nomination was my parents weren't always, uh, they were very, like, very traditional. My mom is an immigrant and they believe that, oh, hard, you must work hard, get the nine to five, do that normal traje trajectory. And that was the first point where my parents thought, oh, that could be a viable career option for our daughter. So that was probably the most valuable thing. So thank you, Shorty Awards. <laughs> so, the most common frequently asked question I get is, well, do you want to start a Snapchat streak? And the answer to that is yes. But the next most commonly asked question is, well, how do you start? How did you get your career started? And the really sad thing about this story is it is very immature, it's so high school, and the whole thing took place in college while I was at work. So I got my start on Snapchat, and I was in college studying engineering. And one thing I definitely knew about myself was I knew that I love figuring out how things work, and I also knew that I love applying that knowledge to making cool stuff. So for example, my friends and I in college grabbed like a lawnmower engine, a car frame, threw some wheels on it and we got a Baja car and it broke very quickly, but it was super awesome while it lived. 
I also had a job in college, and my job was to explain my lab's research to other people, like the whole spectrum of people. So we would go to like elementary schools and explain to children. We would dumb down our research for businessmen at conferences. I would explain our research to other PhD candidates. And the thing is like, not a lot of people know that this is like a thing, this is a thing that most lab groups, grad school lab groups, actually have one person dedicated to communicating research to other PhDs. Because when you reach like that level, like when you're near the brink of human knowledge, you, it's really, <laughs> it's like really hard to communicate to other people, even other PhDs, what you do. So that was my entire job was to educate other people um, what we do and hopefully get some money out of it. One thing I really, one valuable lesson I gleaned from that job was no matter how many times you explain something to someone, if they are not understanding it, that's your fault. It's not their fault. You can be the most intelligent person in the world, but you have a bad teacher, you will learn nothing from them. And that was very valuable, and that's a, that's a lesson that carried me for the rest of my life. I also saw that grad students were really bad at making poster boards, too. So, <laughs> so I just ended up taking over that job, and I became the de facto poster board making, lame and explaining person <laughs> at my lab. And that was, and that was really cool. It was a really great uh, first job experience. Also, when you're in engineering as a female, you're typically, I was typically the only girl at conferences, or I'd be the only girl in my classes. And I came to uh, really dislike some of my classmates and my professors and my colleagues. So uh, my friends and I, um, we were all in, girls in engineering, and we would just, uh, we would, um, complain or make fun of our uh, classmates. So they said, well, hey, have you like tried using Snapchat? You can, instead of like complaining about them, you could just like take photos and, and like make fun of them and we would do that with each other. <laughs> so we were, see, it's a sad story. <laughs> so what we would do is I would just like, I'd be at like a, like, a, like a research meeting and I would like take, snap a quick photo of this guy that gave me some attitude earlier. I'd draw a doodle over him, send it to my friends and we were just doing that with each other. And another thing about me is I'm very laterally productive. And what that means is if I have something really, really important and big I have to do, like the speech, I will work really, really hard on something else. So, <laughs> so if I had like finals to work on, I didn't, or finals or a thesis I had to work on, I would be making a really, really nice snap picture, trust me. So while my friends would be sending doodles to each other, I would be, you know, they were just sending kind of these really simple doodles. I'd be sending these really extravagant and then my friends would be like, whoa, calm down, Celia, like, you know, this is, this is just Snapchat, dude. Also at the time, I was spending a lot of time browsing Reddit. Um, anybody here use Reddit, Redditors? Okay, cool, just like, all right, like three of you. <laughs> Perfect, so, hold on. That was, uh, that was my mom, uh, I'm gonna put that there. So, <laughs> nice to know she, still care, she cares about me. All right, I was browsing Reddit at the time and Reddit was all I knew. It was my, my social platform of choice. I could be anonymous, I could complain about people anonymously, it was amazing. And I went on the, <laughs> I went on the Snapchat subreddit and posted one of my drawings to the subreddit and with the caption, this is what I do on Snapchat. Is there anyone else out there that does what I do? Is there anyone else out there that also draws on Snapchat that wants to see cool drawings? Send me your username, maybe we'll start a snap streak or like we'll, we'll follow each other. We can exchange art, it would be awesome. Awesome. And I went to sleep. The next morning I wake up and I see that uh, some people saw they really liked it and they cross posted it to really big subreddits like funny or art and including like BuzzFeed picked it up. BuzzFeed, College Humor, a bunch of publications and that's and boom I now went from zero to a thousand people. 
in one night, and I was like, I was thinking, wow, there's something, there's something's onto this, and that is also how I got my breakthrough with the rest of the Snapchat community. That's how I found out about Cyrene Q, Sean Duris, and Mike Placco. That was a really, that was a really cool moment. That's really how I got my first burst of following on Snapchat. Sorry, stay hydrated. Life water. <laughs> Let's fast forward to my first engineering job out of college. I was working with people I still didn't really like, and I was really, I was really unhappy. I wasn't really learning anything new. I was sitting behind a desk, um, kind of doing the same task over and over again. I was, I was, wasn't making cool stuff. So me being laterally productive, I figured, well, how can I still lecture at people, make cool stuff, and use my engineering degree? And that's how I made Snap Science. What I would do is I would DIY my own little at-home experiment, and I didn't really have anything. I didn't have a studio. I didn't have any professional lighting equipment. It was really like a very Ghetto Rig Bill Nye episode, and it had this really Ghetto Rig theme song, which I thought was really cool, so I kept it. <laughs> and so what happened was people really thought that was cool, and a lot of people were really attracted to that, to learning something interesting through social media. And what was really cool was, and I thought that was really cool, was teaching somebody a mass amount of people something new, which is some kitchen supplies, and that was awesome. I also bought a fire extinguisher, so that was, that was a good purchase out of that. <laughs> so eventually, people started to notice, like brands started reaching out, and that's when I figured I could probably start sustaining myself on this platform, and one particular brand reached out to me. It was actually an agency that reached out to me, and they wanted me to work with a television brand. So what they wanted me to do was they wanted me to use my snap art skills and make this really epic, 10 snap story with these drawings with scenes from a movie and it was like it was really colossal it looked like a giant huge like amount of time that would spend and just wasn't enough money for it so i said you know what i have a better idea if you trust me hear me out what if we reenacted those exact same scenes with finger puppets and they the agency paused and they're like okay um we'll take that up with the client and we'll get back to you and Limbold, they actually did take it up with the client. The client said, yes, for one Snapchat story. And I said, okay, perfect, that's all I need. So went home, I like mad crafted some finger puppets and like made these miniature sets. And it was super awesome because making stuff is like really what I'm passionate about. And what was really cool was um, when I sent it, you know, I posted, I posted the story and people loved it. Uh, the brand actually loved it. They cross posted it to other, to other platforms. And what was even more amazing was I, that was the first time I got to collaborative, collaboratively dictate with a brand what the content would be and that's when I realized shoot making content that's like something I definitely want to do in the future that I think this is my this is my calling this is my path and another thing was the audience the audience saw the story and they were like they started making their own finger puppets and they started snapping their own finger puppets to me <laughs> and the fact that you can influence someone to make something for themselves like that's awesome and that's when I learned the power of influence so, oh, publication. So I started gaining the attraction of some publications. I was getting featured on Snapchat Discover. Um, I was featured a lot on Refinery29, on Sweet, on IGN. And then, actually, I was actually getting featured on Discovery Channels I didn't even know existed. For example, I was on vacation for a while, and I didn't have any data. And it came back, and I opened my Snapchat, and I was like, whoa, there's a lot of snaps in like, a language I can't understand. And it was actually French. <laughs> and very limited French, it was like, how did you find me? What happened? Why are so many French people following me? It turns out I was featured on Conbini, which is a Discover's channel in France. So that was super cool. And that's 
connecting with a global audience. That's amazing. And it also started attracting people like Redditors, teachers, other and other girls that were in similar situations to what I was in college. Actually, when one particular follower uh, reached out to me, she was in high school. She lives in the Midwest, and she is in her high school's engineering program. She's the only girl. She reached out to me telling, telling me, oh, well, she can't, nobody wants to, when, well, first off, when you're the only girl, only guy, black, white, Asian, gay, straight, whatever, and you're the only demographic in a room, you're alienated. Like, no, that's like a law of the universe. You're gonna get alienated, and getting alienated sucks. What happened to her is like, well, she couldn't work in a lab group. It was like really hard for her to find a lab partner because guys didn't wanna look like they're interested in her, or they thought, oh, maybe she's not competent, or she couldn't, asked the teacher questions or asked her classmates questions because she was scared that they, it would just affirm their, it would confirm their, um, their prejudice that, oh, she's not competent in STEM. So she reached out to me and she says, hey, I see that you also graduated with an engineering degree. I just wanted to get your advice. Like, do you think you can convince me to stay in this program? I think about quitting. And I'm just like, girl, like, I can't, I can't convince you to do anything. But what I can tell you is that if you leave, like, will you love anything as much as you love science? You and me both, we, we both love learning about how things work. We both love making really cool stuff with that knowledge. We both love knowing how the world works. We know we both love science and physics. And we'll, if you leave, where are you gonna go? Are you gonna, will you love liberal arts as much as you love, you know, as much as you love STEM? And what I also told her was if you leave, you will prove everyone that who doesn't believe in you right, and you'll prove everyone who does believe in you wrong. And she just, shoot. And she graduated. She's now at Purdue studying mechanical engineering, which is like one of the top engineering schools. So that's super awesome. Good for her. And then later I found out actually, um, I had said something really stupid in a Snapchat like later, and she was like, well, she can like graduate engineering, and so can I. So that's a <laughs> true story. <laughs> so getting people to learn something new for my content is something I really care about. I also really care about getting people to understand the world around them. I also care about being a role model to women as well. And I feel like there's been a lot of negative press lately about women in STEM, about sexism in STEM, specifically in tech. And I wanna use social media as a way to reassure other girls that it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't always have to be that way. And it's incredible just by like using some kitchen supplies and using um, you know like a pair of safety goggles and a fire extinguisher that you could teach other people more about the world around them. And that's really Really cool giving people an end goal. What's also more valuable than any of the brands, any of the brand work I've done is the friendships I've made through social media. And you know, a really cool thing about making new friends is that you learn things from other people. Like shoot, I wouldn't know like half the people in this room if it weren't for social media. As an adult, it's really hard to make meaningful relationships. And as you, you know, it was really easy when you're a kid, when you're an adult, it's really hard to make friends. Or maybe that's just me. <laughs> but like getting firsthand knowledge is like a really valuable aspect of like having friends. I have like one friend, Mike Placco. We work together a lot on movie remakes, and one particular movie remake, uh, Jurassic Park, he was he reached out to me like, hey, I know you make mini uh, miniature sets, you make cool stuff, you want to help me out with this? And I said, okay. So I fly over to Boston, and I bring over some craft foam and make some really mad props with some craft foam, and he goes, whoa, I didn't know you could do that with something to buy for 99 cents at Michael's. So that was really cool, and he taught me a lot about filmmaking and how to make really how to make your Snapchats like a hundred times better. And what was really amazing 
amazing was after that, he applied that knowledge that he gained from using craft foam to make his own alarm clock for a Groundhog Day story. And then later, when we worked on Stranger Things together, I brought over Warbler, which is like this cool thermoplastic that a lot of cosplayers use. And I would made, and for the Demogorgon costume, is these really long fingers that are really creepy. And so I made like this glove with thermoplastic, and hopefully maybe he can use that knowledge later too. And he taught me a lot about the business side of Snapchat, why, what's the point of making a really good story about getting really cool brand deals and stuff like that. So that is really the value of making really awesome friendships on Snapchat. Let's talk about now. What's, what are my plans for the future? I've abandoned the traditional trajectory of having a nine to five and buying a house and all of that. And you know what's really funny is that Shorty Awards like invites people to have like really accomplished like careers in social media, but I'm just starting mine. So thank you, Shorties. <laughs> so some things I did was I finished like a really major project with a brand. I made this like Rube Goldberg machine, like Michael Bay style movie machine. It's super awesome. The video is about to come out. I'm gonna talk about all the things I talked about here. And also I'm traveling a lot more now. Uh, I'm here. I came here from LA. I'm gonna be going to San Francisco um, in a little bit to judge an art and international art contest. And that's something I would never have been able to do if I stuck to a nine to five. Mm -hmm. If I stuck to my engineering job, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that. And I get to meet so many international people, which is awesome. People I would have never met if it weren't so for social media. I'm about to fly out to a continent I've never been to with a Snapchatter who I used to idolize and now we're close friends. Like that's really awesome. Also I'm about to go to Comic Con in San Diego. Is anyone else gonna go? Just just me? Okay. Well, I'm going to be cosplaying too, so. <laughs> this is where I am now, and like, in the end, it's like about using what you have. You should love what you do before trying to make money off of it, and worry about your content before worrying about your follower count. If I lost all my followers tomorrow, I would still make cool content. If I like lost my stylus, which I usually use to make um, drawings, now you know the secret, um, I would use my finger instead. If I broke the front-facing camera, which might have happened on the way here, if I broke the front-facing camera on my phone, I would still make awesome content. What it is, it's because it's, it's, it's what I love to do and if you want to pave a career in social media it should be what you love to do as well well thank you for having me and um, any questions <laughs> uh, so we're gonna open it up for a Q&A so whoever has them get started there's a special prize for whoever asks the first question because I know it's very scary it'll be a selfie with me yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so cross-posting, as you're saying. I mean, shoot, that's how I got my first bump on Snapchat was I cross-posted to Reddit. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Be diverse in your platforms, for sure. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's why you see so many boobs on like thumbnails on YouTube. But no, <laughs> um, no, but seriously, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think, okay, so I guess I could speak to like Snapchat art because that's what I'm really yeah. familiar with. Uh, bright colors really, really speak to an audience. When you have, let's say you had a, 
um, Sean Duras actually showed me something. He made a collage of all the self, all the portraits people have drawn of him. It's super weird. Like when you get like really big, people start drawing like pictures of you and sending them to you. It's super. It's like <laughs> it's awesome because you're like kind of idolized, but at the same time, it's like kind of weird. But. <laughs> Yeah, so what Sean Duras, who's a fam very famous Snapchatter um, and now YouTuber, uh, explained to me, he showed me a collage of portraits people drawn of him, and he said, hey, the one that you drew of me like way back in like 2014, um, that's the one that stands out the most. It was very bright, all bright colors, super saturated, but that's the one that bright colors really stand out. Oh, and cats too. Cats can say that. Um, yes. So am I salty about losing to DJ Khaled? <laughs> no, I mean, no. Um, so, I mean, like you are given, you know, it's like you you have your deck, and you you know, you're given the deck you're dealt with, and. Um, obviously, like there are some people who just carry their followings over to other platforms, and to that I say, well, good for you. I'm just gonna keep doing. I'm gonna just keep making cool content. Um, yeah, and, and the thing is, also, I'm kind of doing. In a way, I'm kind of doing that too. Now I'm bringing my following over to Instagram and Instagram Stories, and I do see. And I have gotten a little bit of. Um, a little bit of uh, saltiness from you know from other people. They're, Whoa, you, you you know you already brought your following over to Instagram. You know you're bringing your following over to Instagram stories. And I'm starting new, and to, to be honest, um, it's really just about making cool content. That should be your first focus. Is make sure your content is really you know is something that people like to look at first. And there's some also like viners that have like really awful Snapchats too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, there's two. Um, I'll go with you. Okay. Uh, is your content on a certain demographic? No, um, it's really, I mean, I don't try to, so um, I, like I told Nick earlier, um, I was a little bit, I was a little bit nervous about mentioning about women in STEM because I want my Snapchat, I want Snap Science to be open to anyone who's really interested in learning, but encouraging more women in STEM is my secret, is that's, that's my secret mission. But, um, well now it's not so secret anymore, <laughs> but. <laughs> But um, but it's just the demographic just kind, and I have a very diverse demographic. I have people in Denmark watching me, and probably, and I, some people have like, I don't understand what you're saying in your Snapchat, but you're really awesome. <laughs> At least that's what Google Translate told me, so that's really cool. Um, but um, as far as demographics go, and plus the other thing, it's really hard to tell on Snapchat what your demographic is. I'm really, um, I'm ba I have to use, I have to leverage Instagram to figure out what that is. I also have to leverage the snaps that people send me, like what language is this then to figure out um, what, where, my audience is, where my audience generally is. But I really don't try to aim for a single demographic. Um, yeah, and your question? Uh, so as you look to expand your following and content on Instagram and Instagram stories, mm -hmm. um, are you, is it a simple like copy and paste of content or is it like a different aesthetic that you try to Absolutely the latter, because Snapchat and Instagram are very different audiences. There's a lot, I feel that it's, um, on Snapchat, it's 
not only is the demographics in different locations, but also the demographics a lot younger. And the other thing I find that the type of people that follows me on Snapchat are like the diehard fans, like the people that show up to my like shorty stories, or the <laughs> or the people that are that want to tune in because to watch to consume Instagram content is very different from consuming Snapchat content. So naturally you're going to have very different audiences on both. And that's why I have to tailor my content for between Snapchat and Instagram. So I don't just I can't and if I try to just repost content to another platform it doesn't work. It is generally not as well liked. Um, the other thing is, well, the only thing I actually do repost is Snapchat art because it's really easy and people tend to really like it too. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so like on Snapchat, your engagement with your audience, like the way it engages you is not very public. So like what is your approach to how you respond to direct messages or you know, screenshots and things like that? Or does it totally vary by what people send you? It varies by what people send me. I actually try to respond to every single snap I get, but sometimes it is very impossible and my phone will like, freeze up. Uh, so uh, yeah, and actually, uh, like I said earlier, my most commonly asked question is people, a lot of people want to start a snap streak. Like that's the thing the kids are doing, or snap streaks. And, um, and usually, like most of the time, if I get one question over and over and over again, like do you want to start a snap streak, I probably won't respond to that. But usually most, 90% of the time though, after I post a story, um, the was specifically a snaps, um, like a snap uh, science story, people will ask me questions based on the science or people will ask for recommendation, like they'll try to recommend like another subject for the future, which is super awesome. I love that interaction when people are like, hey, I wanna learn about this. And I'm like, okay, I'll deliver that. <laughs> so that's what I really like. And so it does depend, to answer your question, yeah, it does depend on what question I get. Is that it? Hi. Great. So <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, do you think that's still going on on Reddit, or do people who want to tap into these types of communities, where do you recommend them to look? I love your question, because now I get to plug in my favorite websites. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, OK, so yes, actually, so the Snapchat subreddit, um, is still very active, but now it's a little bit more, a little naughty, a little naughtier now. So I don't really turn to that. Um, <laughs> but um, that is where I got my start a couple of years ago. Um, but now, if you want to, there's so many now. Now, so many more resources to um, find awesome Snapchatters. And 90% of the people I ask, like, how did you find me? Like 90% of them say they found me through Google. So <laughs> that's um, really awesome. Uh, but websites I love. The 11th second. Um, I I. Uh, I moonlight on the 11 second every now and then. I write little like features on people. Really, really great resource. They categorize Snapchatters, like what are you interested in watching? Like is it tech, is it art, is it dance or whatever? Is it like eating food? Like 11 second, best like website ever. And it was one of the first websites too to feature other Snapchatters. Um, another Snap Codes is another um, really awesome website. Um, you can go through and they'll just have their snap code and you'll like get a brief description on like what they do and they also categorize. Um, and also, I mean like, I really like Google. I use Google a lot for, um, I'll like Google Snapchat artist and like see what comes up and I'll follow them and be like, I'm better than you, I'm just kidding, no. But only <laughs> 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 sometimes. <laughs> All right, yes. So when you sit down to watch Snapchat, are you consuming content similar to yours or do you watch stuff that's completely different from what you 
Absolutely not similar to mine at all. I listen, I like watch myself and listen to myself like 24 hours a day. I do not want to hear anyone that's like me. Um, with the exception of Destin Smarter Every Day, because his Snapchat's just really fun. Um, but yeah, when I, so you're asking me like, what, who, are, who are the people I follow? No, just yeah. like the type of content you use. Type of content. Okay, well, type of content. Cats are awesome. So I watch a lot of cats. Um, Cakes One to Dough One. Um, Cakes One to Dough One really has two really amazing cats. Um, so I definitely recommend following her. She's also an amazing Snapchat artist, but her cats are just like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> 10 out of 10. Um, yeah. Uh, and then Danny Burke, who actually is like kind of the opposite. He's like almost the polar opposite of me. He's like this crazy, like, very vibrant, very, um, I'm trying to find, like, I'm trying to think of more adjectives to describe Danny Very energetic. Lively. Very lively, <laughs> thank you. Just repeating everything Nick tells me. <clears throat> but yeah, Danny Burke, another guy I love to follow. He, like, will jump out of planes and stuff on his Snapchat, and it was just, like, stuff I don't usually do on my Snapchat. <laughs> um, I really love watching him, and we collaborate a lot, and we just, like, make gold together. Um, it's really funny, because we're both, like, not similar at all, but we, like, work together a lot. Okay. Any more questions? I have a question. Yeah. Um, so I'm um, with Hospital, so I'm going to ask probably more that corporate marketing question. Mm -hmm. Coming as an influencer and someone who is a content creator, mm -hmm. um, and coming from a marketing background, Oh, awesome. Sometimes I think, sometimes I think we, um, as marketers, try to force our product or force, um, you know, keywords that we want um, as part of our brand ethos. Mm -hmm. And so, knowing for you, like your own brand DNA, like what do you look for in those collaborations and in those partnerships? Mm -hmm. so as marketers, there are many there are many people here from PepsiCo that we look at that for future um, initiatives. Yeah, it's. I think the really hard thing is trust. Like that's really what I look for is does the brand trust me with their message? And typically when a brand reaches out to me, I'll ask well, I'll ask them like what's your vision? What do you what is your story for this campaign or this product? And a lot of the times, yes, I do have certain keywords or talking points I have to hit. And what I usually find is and it's a very delicate balance to meet the talking points, but still let the creator make a really cool story. And I've seen brands that have worked with influencers before, and it was just like too much. It was very commercial. They were using their brand, using the brand name over and over again. It was very not natural. And followers, and not only that, the followers really don't like that, um, don't like that kind of content. So when I work with a brand, I first off, I don't really work with brands. I turn down a lot of brand offers, too. I turn down offers where it's like, oh, well, I want to, can you shout out, like, my, can you shout out my dating app? And I, what? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't use dating apps, so I can't really speak to that. But, um, but what I look for is, um, does the brand trust me enough to carry out their message in the way they want? And also, um, do I, is their brand, is your brand, like, kind of closely associated to mine in some way? So that's sort of, like, do I really support your brand? That's really what I look for. Oh yeah. When you are creating content for a brand, you you only work with brands that trust you enough that you get that idea and you post it, or do you have to show them the content you create and then recreate it again for you with the next story? Um, most of the time, I actually show them the content I'm about to create first because 90% of the time, 
um, brands will only, will, will like 90% of the time, 90% of the content is good and maybe they want to tweak like one or two things and I'm totally okay with that. And actually that's the way I prefer to work with brands is to let me try to make it first and I'll show you what I did and then tell me if you like it. Because the worst thing that could happen is if I make something and my client is not happy with it. And that's like the nightmare for me. <laughs> Yes, that is my sister. And <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm a team of two. <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> my sister, um, and she actually told me, like, I have to, I, ha I can't do the speech without plugging her in, so thank you for that question. Um, yeah, she really, um, but yeah, I, for a long time I was a team of one. I'm very, the, the kind of the bad thing about being very DIY is you don't know when to ask for help. And you're very, you know, I'm very stubborn. So. Um, <clears throat> finally, at one point, I just asked my sister, like, can you just film me, just like hold the camera and film me do something? And ever since, she's like, um, she's been in my Snapchats before. Um, she's usually, she plays a very like aggravated character in my Snapchat, <laughs> kind of like in this black and white, like, you know, in like infomercials, where you have that black and white, like, oh, is this not working for you? That's, that's her. <laughs> she's like the angry version of me. And it's cool, because we look alike. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my partner. Um, but as far as like business side and all of that other stuff, she mostly helps with the content creation side. But as far as business goes, that's all me. Great, good, awesome. Yeah, let's put it up for Selena. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. Yes. Bell, like. <laughs> okay, should we bow together? Yes. yes. Okay, bow. Kurtzky, yes. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. Uh, hang out a little bit, enjoy the refreshments. Yes. You want to get a picture with our superstar? Oh, Come on down, okay. and thanks everyone for coming. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Actually, I'm gonna take a picture of you guys really quickly. I realized I was supposed to do this at the beginning of my of my story. I'm gonna be just like, hi guys. Oh, yeah, 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 this is good. Woo! Wait, you have to do it again. Oh, shit. Okay. 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 All right, are you ready? Hi guys. <laughs> thank you, thank you for coming. Oh, yeah. I really appreciate it. Oh, no way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold Turn on. Around. I'm gonna take that selfie. I'm gonna take a selfie right now, if you don't mind. Thank you. You all look beautiful. Thank you. Cool.